Today's message is entitled, The Spiritual Person, and our passage comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 16. Uh, when it comes to the world around us, a lot of people downplay spirituality, or they have a very uh, unusual spirituality <laughs> when it comes to today, right? We see a lot of things like transcendental meditation or um, just a lot of these new age practices that, that has been a norm now. A lot of corporations, a lot of schools from elementary all the way to the universities are practicing this. And we have to really understand what's going on when it comes to spirituality. There are people that also put it down. They're like, it's all baloney, it's all fake. And we have to really understand what is it that God is calling us towards when it comes to spirituality. What it's not is a blind faith. What we have to understand is that spirituality is something that is relational. Uh, this is an example that I bring up quite often, but how do you trust somebody, right? How do you come to be friends with people, right? It all starts with relationship. And over time, as you build that relationship with a spouse or with a best friend, what happens? You start to trust them, right? So if your friend says, hey, there's a package waiting for you outside your house, what do you do? Do you go, liar? <laughs> Unless they always pull your leg. That's another story. But they'll say, you'll say, hey, okay, cool. Did you see the, the present or did you see the package yourself? No, you didn't. You're just going by what you've heard from the other person. And because you have that relationship, you trust that what they say is there. This is very similar to how our relationship with God is as well. It's not a blind faith in that it's completely like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> It's a faith that is based on relationship. If that relationship is not there, it's hard to trust. But when you have that trusting relationship, though you do not see, because you have that trusting relationship, you can believe. There is a blind aspect to this picture, but it's based on something that is there, something that has substance. And this is what we have to remember when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. When it comes to spirituality, it's not something that is so weird or so like far off to the point where we can't do anything or I have no idea what to do, but it becomes something that is very much accessible. There is a starting point to this. It's not a weird, like you have to be in the know to access God. So our first point today is that wisdom has been revealed. This wisdom that was once a mystery has now been revealed in Jesus Christ. It says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. We have to understand the difference between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of the world is very much temporary. It sounds good for that time. 
But outside of that time, it doesn't sound very smart. You know, those like videos or memes or <laughs> things like that when it goes to like, in 1960s, this was a good idea. But then it's like, oh, it's a horrible idea <laughs> now, looking at how far we progressed. The wisdom of the world is very much temporary, but the wisdom of God is eternal, meaning that it lasts all the way into eternity. The wisdom of the world eventually leads to death, and the wisdom of God leads to life. We look at politicians, we look at the government, we look at all these people that we look up to for answers, but they don't have the answers. How do we know? Because we are on the receiving end to a lot of these rules and regulations. And that's why we do need to pray for our leadership, our president, etc. But we have to understand that there is a wisdom of God that we need to pursue first. Because God has made a way for us to be able to actually discover what was once a mystery. It's not a mystery that remains a mystery, but it says for us to see, listen, and picture what God has prepared for us. Verse 9, it says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. When we build this relationship with God, we're able to see and hear and picture what others cannot see, hear, and picture. We're able to gain a wisdom that no others can have. This is evidence throughout the Bible with the Old Testament. We see these captives, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They were sent into the academy of Babylon so that they can be immersed in Babylonian culture. But they held on to the covenant. And as they held on to the covenant, God gave them wisdom to know how to operate within these government positions that they received. And the wisdom that they were able to give was so precious to the point where they were valued, even though they were foreigners, not their people. Same thing with everyone here. Wherever you work, wherever you go to school, it's in the covenant that you become someone that is needed, that is required, you know? And this is the blessing that God gives as we seek him out. He gives us wisdom that goes beyond what we see here and picture on our own. He gives us something that transcends what the world shows us. And this is all in relationship with him. Think about it. Where does Satan attack the most? He attacks our relationships, and he attacks our time. Think about how much, where, where do scars come from usually? People. <laughs> people are messed up, right? There's so many people coming from broken families, broken relationships, brokenness everywhere, right? And what does that do? It makes us constantly in scars 
And we end up wasting a lot of time regretting, planning <laughs> for vengeance. We waste so much time in anger. We waste so much time in anxiety and worry. Because of what? Broken relationships. Satan attacks our relationship so much because he knows that it's when we have broken families in this United States, when we have brokenness everywhere, we end up wasting time. And we only get older. And a lot of times people wake up to, oh shoot, <laughs> I have a life to live when they have no strength left. We only have one life to live. But why waste it on anger? Why waste it on vengeance? Why waste it on hate? Why waste it in unforgiveness? Because we waste so much time. These past three weeks, we've been talking about prayer saves time. Why? Because we're able to have a, have a, idea have a perspective that's outside of ourselves and that's why we need a time of introspection a time to just kind of shut everything down and listen we don't have this time anymore since the advent of smartphones and you know technology is just at the pace that it is at and now it's going to get worse we have Apple headsets and, <laughs> and uh, VR keeps on improving and VR is turning to AR where it's an overlay on our reality and it's just really crazy how our culture is making it so busy to the point where we can't think anymore when was the last time you just it was just you and your thoughts right not having to think, oh, I got to watch this now. <laughs> or, oh, you know, I can't wait to go home too. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying these things are bad things. But when that's the only thing, it's, it's a scary place to be. We need time to think. Because our minds are so, it's like a, it's like a machine, you know? When it gets overworked, what happens? When you overwork a machine, it overheats. But with a machine, you can turn it off so it can cool down, so it doesn't break. But if you keep running it, what happens? Eventually, it'll fail. Our minds are like that too. If it's constantly on 24-7, no breaks, no sleep, it will break down. For those who have youth on your side, you got to get over yourself <laughs> because youth, it only lasts for so long. I'm starting to feel it. <laughs> but it's, it's, it doesn't last as long as you think. And when you have it, yes, take advantage of it, but let us use it for, you know, productive things. <laughs> Um, yes, you can have fun too. I'm, that's not, you know, not off the table. But um, we need to really think, what are we pursuing in this life? We need a time of introspection. 
God, he's calling us to be spiritual people. But what does it mean to be a spiritual person, right? Well, opposite of this is a natural person. And a natural person denies spirituality. And even denies the things of God. But we need to have this heart that is willing to learn and understand God's plan. Verse 14 and 15, it reads, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned, meaning that they are know-it-alls. <laughs> they think that they know everything about spirituality. They think it's just all foolishness. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. When you learn and understand God's plan, and you know what it is, no matter what other people say about you or where you're heading or that you won't be, you know, you're not going to be well wherever you choose, it's all meaningless. doesn't mean anything anymore. What matters is what God is saying. Because what God says will come into reality. But what people say, it, it just chaff in the air. It just floats away. This is why we have to understand what God is saying and speaking to us today. Because we don't have wisdom greater than God. Who are we to instruct the Lord? We don't have anything. Verse 16 says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But God, he makes his mind available to us through our worship and through prayer where we have the mind of Christ, where we can seek him and understand what it is that he's calling us towards. Because it's when we understand his mind, when we understand his heart, that we start to see where we need to navigate our lives towards. Spirituality doesn't mean, you know, being stuck in a church or being stuck in a, you know, retreat center. Spirituality is being able to communicate with God in relationship to Him daily. Just like, how do you remain friends with somebody, right? You spend time, right? That's how we make friends. We spend time. When we spend time, we get to know them. We start to understand their hobbies. We start to understand what, what they like and what they don't like. We start to understand like what, what makes them tick. Right? And we love them for that. We need to spend time with God in that same way. Where we need to understand his heart, his personality. Understand what is it he wants from me specifically. Because he cares for you specifically. So in our conclusion, it's this. We need to, oh, yeah. We need to. Make an appointment. <laughs> Away from all the distractions, we need to make an appointment. Just like you make an appointment for a doctor's appointment or for those who have pets, <laughs> vet appointment, um, or, you know, when you make, a, make an appointment to meet a friend, right? Block out a, block out a, a time slot. We need to make a time slot for God it, because 
for many of us, this might not be something that we're used to. If it's not something that we're used to, then we have to put it in our calendar. We have to put it in our schedule to make time with God, away from the distractions. Because our, our brains are so fried today. It's like a, it's just over, overheating <laughs> to the point where we can't think anymore. But to be quiet before the Lord and meditating on His Word and praying for people. When was the last time you prayed for your family? For your mom, for your dad, for your siblings? You know, when was the last time we prayed for our friends, for our teachers? Maybe it's for some of these people, never. <laughs> But we need to make time. And as you schedule time, it'll come to a point where you don't need to schedule anymore. It's just a given. And when you start to see God answer your prayer, you're st you start to enjoy your identity as a child of God. You start to enjoy the authority, right, to break down the lies of Satan working around us, right? Remember, where does Satan attack? He attacks our relationships. He attacks your family. He attacks people around you. He attacks you. So what? Time gets wasted. Your calling gets lost. That busyness is what clouds your mind. And you want to get away from it and lead to more busyness by pursuing distractions and then you just repeat it <laughs> over and over again it really is like a broken record but if you if you don't notice it 10 20 years pass by and it's the same old things over and over again like that's how scary this is how scary scars can be how scary broken relationships can be, unforgiveness can be, all this stuff. If you're not a spiritual person, it's hard to see. It's really hard to see. Yes, you can see, like, sometimes you can just see because it's so bad, <laughs> but you don't know what to do. But as a child of God, we have access to the Lord of Lords, King of Kings. One who has wisdom that was once a mystery, but now has been revealed through Jesus Christ. And in that relationship, we're able to see and have wisdom through the stuff that we have struggles with. Just like our opening verse, right? God, he gives us shelter. He gives us rest through the storm. Yes, it doesn't mean that our storm or busyness disappears it doesn't it's still there but when we make that appointment with god we have a shelter to regroup to have the strength so that we can jump back into the busyness to know what we need to do what my purpose my my bigger purpose not my corporate purpose um, but my life purpose actually is and we discover our covenant journey, a journey that is based on God's promise 
not based on a promise of people. This is not for people. It's for God. And God knows you. He knows your family. He knows everyone around you. You just need to figure out what, the, what is he calling you to do. Because when you discover that, everything else doesn't matter. Your scars don't matter as much anymore. Because God gives you healing. Unforgiveness doesn't have to take over your life. Because God has forgiven you. And that forgiveness overflows. So as you hold on to today's message, now let's really be reminded what it means to be a spiritual person. Being a spiritual person doesn't mean you have to do something like wacky or crazy or speak in tongues or um, you know fall over <laughs> being slain in the spirit or like those things can actually become a distraction from knowing what God is asking you to do if you're not careful. The best way and 100% way is God's word. God's word is 100%. Experiences and like waiting to be moved emotionally, that's not 100%. So as you hold on to God's word, let's really see how God leads each one of us spiritually that impacts our physical reality around us. Because it's through the gospel. It's through Christ crucified and resurrected that he'll give us wisdom to know what to do in our physical reality. Let us make that time, that appointment, not just today. I'm glad you're here today. But make that appointment with God during the week. Like, if if you really struggle with ha actually having a time, put a put a Put it in your schedule for like five minutes, you know? <laughs> like actually make a time. I know it sounds ridiculous, but if it's not something that you're used to, you have to do it this way, you know? Or a way for you to remember. And it's in that small time that you'll see God move. You'll see God answer you in such a real way where this is no longer theoretical or something that you know it just uh, I just grew up as a Christian so I guess I'm doing this no you need to make this your relationship your faith your God and that's where we start to see this not just be a religion but a relationship 